Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, and welcome to the World Cricket Show with me, Adam Bayfield, and Tony Kerr. Good evening. Broadcasting to you once again from St. Lucia, where we've been watching the test match. We're out on the deck tonight, Tone. Previously, we were recording poolside, uh, but the last time we did this, we got rained on, so we've moved kind of undercover, but still outside on the deck. It's quite a late one, late night pod. Latest one yet, I think, yeah. Uh, but no less beautiful. Mm. We've had a good day today. We went to see the, the Pitons uh, down in the south of St. Lucia. Quite a long drive. Almost ran out of petrol on the way back, which would have been quite interesting. Yeah, it's, it's extremely undulating would be an understatement, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, the sort of drive down is very up and down. I, I sort of, A, I was like, do we, yeah, will we get any mobile phone reception if we do run out of petrol to, just to call anyone? Uh, and B, who's going to be the one running up to the top of the hill or whatever hill we break down on uh, to get that mobile phone reception? So, yeah. You're worried that one of us was going to have to climb to the top of one of the pitons to get mobile phone reception. But yeah, we just about made it to a petrol station on fumes. Uh, and yeah. Beautiful down there, isn't it? The Piton's pretty amazing. I mean, you know, you see it in the in the tourist brochures and that, don't you? But actually seeing them in in the flesh, so to speak, it's an incredible backdrop, isn't it? Yeah, pretty. Well, it's, like, it's an incredible thing, but as a yeah. backdrop to anything else you're doing, it's pretty incredible. <laughs> yeah, so it's a backdrop. <laughs> it's a backdrop to lunch. <laughs> yeah. It's a backdrop to a, a roti. Uh, uh, doesn't get much better. Yeah, and the town that's around there, like yeah, it's obviously a, you know a town of people that are doing their own bits and pieces. But yeah, to live in the shadow of that is is fairly spectacular. Yeah, uh, yeah, very cool. So we've had a great day, and we've had a, a great week. Better here, day than yesterday here in St. Lucia uh, at the cricket. Why did you say a better day than yesterday, Tim? Well, as you know, as I know, but other people might not at this point. <laughs> I was struck down with a uh, fairly dramatic case of what well, might be an allergic reaction to something or food poisoning, but one or the other. It was an eventful night. Let's just leave it at that. Yeah, yeah please, can we leave it at that? um so yeah hence why we didn't record a, a podcast yesterday but yeah we've had a aside from that we've had a good week here in solution we've had a good week at the cricket so we're just gonna have a little chat now just to round off uh the test match draw a line under the series the, with the definitive verdict what might be described as the capital v verdict on the series all caps i think the verdict all caps the verdict so the test ended, of course, uh, in a big win for England uh, by 232 runs after they declared on the fourth morning. They didn't bat for very long on the fourth morning uh, on 361 for five. Joe Root finishing up on 122. Uh, and then West Indies were in enormous trouble at 10 for three and then 76 for five. Uh, but they made a, a fist of it, uh, battled hard throughout the day, largely thanks to Roston Chase who ended up getting to 100, an unbeaten 102. Some pretty extraordinary scenes at the end as uh, Chemo Paul came out to bat injured 
to ensure that that Ross and Chase could could get to his century. Uh, but there, you know, the, the 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 result was inevitable. It was never going to be anything other than an England win, and they did win it on the fourth day, as I say, by that big margin. It's just a consolation win. They did lose the series two one. This was a, a dead rubber. Um, but that being said, positive signs for England, or how do you feel about it, Tone? How do you assess England's performance in this game and, and the series as a whole? But yeah, positive finish to the series, obviously, literally. But, you know, one thing we've kind of, a lot of people have been chatting about and we've sort of, I don't know whether we've been critical of England for or just noted is that they do have this propensity in the last couple of years to be beaten heavily and then win heavily the next week or you know there's been it, you don't never really know where you are with England at the moment erratic so so whether it's like a good sign that they've won the last test which it is but whether that's just you know a bit of more of the same I don't know but yeah it's tough to be too critical after a win but you know but overall the series yeah it's obviously been you know pretty disappointing there haven't been that many good performances to shout about for West Indies, they'd won the series, you know, their captain was banned. So, you know, the, for them, it probably was a little bit flatter. A bit after the Lord Mayor's Yeah, exactly. Show. So I think that's probably especially true once things started to go wrong. Like, yeah. I think West Indies actually played pretty well on day one and the start of day two. I think they bowled well in England's first innings. But once they had that collapse, you know, that, that Mark Wood-induced collapse, it's probably hard. I mean, you know, they're obviously international professional sportsmen and this is literally their job but having won the series having achieved what they set out to achieve you know maybe they just lost a little bit of motivation to kind of really dig in um and turn it around because it it was a dead game and certainly england you know on the flip side looked bang up for it and you know the way they celebrated sort of various aspects of uh, of, of the test match and personal achievements you know within it you know suggested it you know it was it meant a lot to them mm as it rightly should. And, you know, I'm going to steal a, a good point that you made <laughs> off mic, but haven't yet made on the pod. Okay. And, you know, it, it, you know, we were talking about it all the time, but just in terms of test cricket and its allure, that, yeah, this match, despite it being a dead rubber, seemed to really capture, well, it both captured the interest of the players involved, certainly from an England perspective, ourselves, the people of the ground, and, you know, back at home in the sort of wider cricket audience, you know, the Mark Wood spell in that first innings, you know, really got people excited. And yeah, would that happen in any other format? Who knows? But yeah, it, it just as, a, as an event in itself, that third test was really good. Well, yeah. And I think the good point that I was making, I think, <laughs> is, was, was along those lines. But, but what I was really trying to say is that to me... Have I not made your good point? <laughs> that you've, well kind of, you've kind of crabbed around it, okay. but not quite landed it but no, no i i i think to me it just shows that it's actually quite a simple equation in test cricket if you get the pitches right if you get good pitches with plenty of interest for the bowler like not necessarily you know it doesn't have to be like the pitch in antigua where it's almost impossible to bat on or, or you know it doesn't have to be that teams are going to fall in a heap for 120 but where there's where it's an, a genuine contest between bat and ball and you get scores around 250 when the pitches are good test cricket will thrive you know as you say this this was a dead game yet there's been a huge amount of interest in it and this this series as a whole has we've had three really spicy really good pitches and that's almost all you need i think like everything else around day night tests and you know all the other things that we talk about and they're all important too in terms of generating interest 
But I just think you get the pictures right. You contrast this with the series in the Caribbean four years ago, ten years ago, you know, on on dead surfaces. Like it just, it's just been so much better. It's it's almost that simple for me. Although that being said, I mean, you know, it, I think it has been a fantastic series. It's been a really fun series. But then at the same time, all three games have ended in enormous thumpings for one team or the other. And it, it, this is, again, something we talk about a lot, but that does seem to be happening very frequently in Test cricket, particularly when England are involved. And although this, yeah, this has been a really entertaining series, we haven't actually seen a thriller, have we? But it's just in this in this particular case, I think, although it's been very one-sided, there's there's been really good cricket along the way, like really entertaining cricket, memorable moments like fast bowling good fast bowling and things to get excited about it just actually hasn't gone down to the wire or even close on any occasion yeah and I've, I've, i always mean to to crunch the numbers on this I don't, <laughs> coughs back. the cough's back <laughs> you haven't coughed for two days <laughs> that's the pressure uh yeah I, I, yeah i keep meaning to crunch the numbers I, no one's provided us with numbers on like you know a, we need to define what is a close and exciting test match finish. We need an intern, really, do uh, we? do. But B, Gordon yeah, McCrane you know, what be. is what you know, what sh- what what is what are the numbers? How's it changed? What should we expect? What are we within our rights to expect? Mm. I've said this before, but you know, you you can't have a sort of the last session finish to every test match where there's like one or two wickets in it or a few runs. But yeah, these matches have all been you know pretty one sided slash very one sided. Yes, and it's ended up with two very one-sided for West Indies to one very one-sided for England. And it's kind of, in some ways, it's difficult to make sense of it. I mean, one thing to say is that it, you know, actually, if you look at the recent history more generally or in a more, slightly more long-term way, these are two very evenly matched teams. Whereas this, uh, the last eight tests between England and West Indies is four all, which, you know, does suggest that uh, we got our prediction wrong <laughs> that, we, that we were perhaps a bit too hasty uh, in writing West Indies off at, at the beginning um, but you yeah, know it, it suggests that they that they always produce good cricket in recent years and and you know relatively even contests in the bigger picture if not in terms of the individual matches in terms of England's performance I just worry now like th- this was as you said this was great it's it's better I'm glad they produced this performance. I'll say that initially. It's obviously better to win a dead rubber than lose a dead rubber. It's it's A, just frustrating that they've produced it two tests too late. Um, and B, I just worry now that they're going to take this as evidence that actually everything's fine and see the first two tests as the aberration. And I've bored on a lot about how I, I think England are deluded, but you all you could already hear in the interviews that Root and Bayliss gave after the game that they are kind of writing this off. I mean, Root literally said, "Well, you know, we we won four out of six tests this winter, and you know, I think this kind of shows the, the cricket that we're capable of." And obviously, to some extent, he's going to think that, and he's entitled to think that. And it is true that they won four out of six tests this winter, but. Like, this is why England are deluded, because they do produce a performance like this out of nowhere, but actually it did, like it still didn't resolve or even hint towards a future resolution of the big problems in the team, i.e. the top order. You know, again, no runs from the top order. Root scored a century, which is great. And Wood coming in and bowling fast, I suppose, is a new positive thing. But no runs from the top three still questions about the balance of the side you know i 
I just don't think this performance really changes anything, and I just worry now that they're gonna that it will allow them to write off what happened before in this series. And so, in some ways, this is, might be the worst thing that could happen to England. As I've said before, I like the losing in the West Indies probably doesn't mean anything in terms of whether they're going to win the Ashes this summer. But it probably does mean something in terms of whether they're going to win other series away from home. And you know, if they if they now just kind of if, if this uh, licenses them to ignore it and not make any changes, I don't know. I just I just think this this could be this yeah the the the, the delusion could grow. No, you're right, and you know, lots of we and lots of people have spoken about this whole thing about you know looking towards the ashes and we shouldn't just write everything off, and but we really shouldn't. And you know, like in 2005 that the West Indies tour that preceded that, that was seen as like a big marker and a, you know, a sign of uh, certainly the performances that in that tour uh, really got people excited and were, you know, a real promising sign of things to come. So almost as much as that was a positive, you actually look at this and think, well, actually there weren't, the, there aren't that many positive individual performances to take from it. And looking at the ashes, you think if Australia weren't, as kind of slightly lost as they are, well, I mean, in some respects, we had they not had the sandpaper stuff mm-hmm. and all that, the rest of it, you'd be pretty worried at this point as an England fan. As it is, you're like, well, maybe we'll get ourselves out of the hole just by virtue of being at home and yeah, and, and, and with and still with with Jimmy and Brody, mm-hmm. you know, piling in and Australia not being that and great. Australia not being at the yeah exactly not being at the peak of of their powers. So yeah, I mean, I suppose the re- the return of Wood coming in and bowling that fast that is something as i say and it, it was amazing and it's you know we, we've not seen an england bowler bowl that fast for a very long time london correspondent gordon mccray was digging out the stats wasn't he and uh, it's uh, i believe it's the the third fastest average speed that an england bowler has produced in a spell this century after Harmison in 2008 and Ajmal Shazad, of all people, right. uh, in 2010, I think. Um, but, you know, either way, it's, it's, it's been a long time since anyone's bowled that fast. Um, and that is exciting. But then already in the second innings, he perhaps wasn't as quick and wasn't as effective. And, we are, you know, we, we do worry a bit about whether he can stay fit. So maybe he can but let's just you know let's all you know let's all just kind of yeah, keep, keep our powder dry maybe bit. take the pressure off him a bit yeah you know he's such a popular figure uh and and you know the sort of english cricket sphere obviously yeah overwhelmed by that performance and mm. excited and quite rightly but you know history would suggest the kind of bowlers who don't play that many tests over the course of a fairly long period won't play that many more tests over the course of the next fairly long period <laughs> yeah. i don't without being too negative mm. uh but yeah ho- you know hopefully he can have a great summer well yeah let's see what happens and, and, and mean, have an impact he's he's remodeled his run-up hasn't he he's got a longer run-up now he's been doing a lot of work to try and you know give himself the best chance of staying fit so fingers crossed he will but let's just wait and see before we get too carried away with the idea of him kind of uh tearing into the aussies we'll we'll see what happens um but you know there definitely are positives to take from this game and as I say, fundamentally, better to win it than not. And I really enjoyed it. And certainly that wood spell was, was a really great thing to, to witness as an England fan. But I'm not sure it really changes the, the narrative that much of this series. It has ultimately been a very disappointing series for England, for England. And it does speak to some pretty serious issues in the team that aren't going to be solved anytime soon, unfortunately. 
um, systemic problems with producing batsmen, etc. For West Indies, as you say, it was maybe a bit, it was kind of, uh, they didn't have Holder, they'd already won, they perhaps weren't quite at the races in this game, but it was nice to see Roston Chase getting to his 100, and he played really well. He'd had a poor series with the bat up to that point, and on anything at all, and, you know, beginning to question, you know, should this guy be batting at five? in the West Indies team but then he turned up and, and, and played as well as that and it's like oh yeah he is a very good player well he leaves the series with a, <coughs> a series win a century and an eight for so he's had quite a good couple of weeks I think he's only one of only about five players ever to have uh, scored a century and taken an eight for in the same series along with like Imran Khan and you know one or two other kind of legendary names so yeah pretty extraordinary series for him and yeah, he speaking in the in the post-match interviews he just came across like a really good guy as well so uh, a lot of likable figures in the West Indies team so yeah I mean what, what did you think Tone uh, in terms of the the series as a whole did it, you know how how did you find it did you did you enjoy this one did it live up to the billing uh yeah yeah 100% it was a really well as you said you know there weren't any close finishes but it was a thoroughly entertaining series and you know on both sides in the end something to enjoy perhaps more so for the West Indies you know, we spoke about it the other week, but you know the the performances of the the Bayesians in Barbados, pretty special. So all all in all, pretty good. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One way in which the series is ending on a slightly sour note uh, is the, the incident with Shannon Gabriel, uh, who has been banned, was charged by AC and has been banned for four ODIs uh, after seemingly making a, a, a homophobic remark on the pitch. We don't know what he actually said, but the stump mic picked up Joe Root saying, don't use it as an insult. There's nothing wrong with being gay. So yeah, he's, he's got a bad tone. I mean, what, what did you think about all of this? Is that too broad a question? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I don't, well I mean, we don't know. We still don't know what uh, Gabriel said. He picked up a few demerit points on the you know over the course of the last couple of years so yeah hence why the four game ban 
but you know as we've been chatting today you know the way Root has handled it and, and dealt with it at the time and subsequently as well uh, yeah, it's been a sort of cut above hasn't it and, mm. and actually you know what, what, who knows what was said but for him for Root to have to pick up on it and, and, and make that kind of comment you know it's, it's unfortunate isn't it that that kind of language or whatever language was used was being used mm. uh, in that kind of situation. But yeah, for, for Root to, to handle it, you know, to basically extinguish it then and, and then afterwards, you know, not to, I don't know, to maybe, what's the word? Uh, not to ugh, exaggerate might not be the right yeah, word, but fan yeah, the flames. yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think it's been handled very well. Yeah. I, I actually think, I mean, as you know, and I've been, critical on this podcast of, of re- the captain at various times but I think he's handled this whole situation absolutely magnificently and it genuinely made me proud that he is the England captain like a real leadership I think like the way that that's he just genuine leadership as well isn't yeah. it that's not just like saying like you know bring fine leg up and yeah, yeah. and whatever that's yeah. like that's like reacting to a situation yeah it's that, that you wouldn't necessarily expect or uh, have come across or, or may, yeah, whatever. But yeah, just handling it yeah. so well as like as such a grown up and 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 yeah and real leadership and and makes me proud as an England fan and makes me think just I I want to follow that man. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I I I want I, I want to listen when he speaks and I I you know just the way that he shut it down at the time, but not in a as you say he didn't. He didn't like swear up to it more. Yeah, yeah exactly. It, yeah, it's it was, just the calm, just, like just calmly shut it down um, and put him in his place. But then also afterwards, you know, he was saying, "Listen, he said he said completely the wrong thing, and he'll regret it." But we all say stuff in the heat of the moment, and he's had a great series, and he's just, you know he's a good guy, um, and we should draw a line under it there. And he couldn't have handled it any better to be honest i mean in terms of the ban as you say it's you know there's there's demerit points from from previous incidents as well but it you know it it doesn't seem unreasonable to to get some kind of ban for making a comment like that but i do wonder if it's maybe a little bit easy to just reprimand shannon gabriel in this situation or, or or take one player to task for one comment that they've made and think that that's the situation dealt with because there is a broader issue at play here which is that obviously we all think that homophobic comments are completely unacceptable in any area of life not least on the cricket field but it is different in different parts of the world and it shouldn't be but it is and like in the Caribbean in a number of Caribbean islands including this one that we're on at the moment St Lucia homosexuality is actually illegal um, it's also illegal in India you know, there like if you think about the the fuss that was kicked up, rightly so, about like the Winter Olympics being in Sochi in 2014 because of the way that homosexuality is treated in Russia. There's absolutely none of that in cricket for the IPL or you know major tournaments being in India or in the Caribbean. Yeah, there's big cultural issues at play here that I don't know that just handing a ban out to Shannon Gabriel does that much to resolve those wider issues and could cricket do more to affect some kind of positive change in this area? I mean, perhaps the way that Joe Root has handled this will, will do something along those lines, but it, you know, I just, I just worry a bit that people will kind of think, all right, we can wash our hands of this one problem solved. 
there's deeper issues here and and we 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 know that there aren't really many hardly any openly gay cricketers why is that we've talked about this before would would an openly gay cricketer have a problem getting an IPL contract things like that I mean it's there's serious stuff here and and just banning Shannon Gabriel while you know the right thing to do is 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 not the end of it I don't think well anyway it's a bit of a, a heavy uh, heavy note to end the podcast on but uh, an important one our time in St Lucia is almost up tone we're we're going our separate ways tomorrow I'm off to Barbados for a few days it's just get it goes from bad to worse really <laughs> doesn't it and you're going to Beckway Beckway yeah in the Grenadines but then we're reuniting in Barbados next week uh, to catch a couple of the ODIs before we head home. Have you enjoyed yourself in St. Lucia? Did you enjoy the cricket? It's been wonderful. Yeah, it's been a wonderful week. We've talked about it on you know on the, the, the three previous pods we've done here, but it is just a great experience. I saw a it? comment, uh, and in fact, I think it was a reply to a tweet. I think it was TMS tweet about the, the uh, grass, like the way the grass has been cut. At the Darren Sammy Cricket Ground, mm. uh, you know, it was a kind of it was a mishmash of ideas, but the sort of overriding theme was a sort of dartboard esque kind of explosion from the middle. And I, for me, I quite liked it. I saw a lot of people who didn't, uh, but someone someone commented back. Uh, I read all the replies to all the tweets in the world. Uh, but the, someone said, no, real question is, do any of the Brits in the crowd know anything about cricket or are they just there for the beer and sunburn? Right. Which I thought was a really like, bizarre... Sweeping. Yeah, bizarre kind of comment to make about... I would say that most people who travel to watch the cricket... Yeah, would have been really into cricket. Yeah, you're probably not going to come all this way. If you're just going for beer and sunburn, there's a lot of places that you <laughs> yeah. could go to where you don't have to sit and watch cricket. I wonder if, like the the on the TV, you were mainly seeing those guys who are in the pool, like in the paddling pool, who, as the day went on, were getting very in there. It was quite funny actually. From where we were sat, they were directly opposite us on the other side of the ground, and it did like from our perspective, you couldn't see the water, so it just looked like a kind of pen. Like they just rounded up all the hilarious people in the crowd and just penned them in, uh, but yeah, other than that, like everyone, are, you know, everyone sat around us. It just sort of knowledgeable cricket fans, really. It as yeah, we don't need to go into it again. We talked about it a lot, but it is just a magnificent experience. And I would say to anybody, if you if you've ever wanted to come to the Caribbean and watch England play cricket, and you're thinking about it for next time, definitely do it. It it will not disappoint. Have you enjoyed recording these podcasts as well, Tone? It's been good, and there'll, I'm sure there'll be a couple more from Barbados. Yes. And uh, the ODIs. The ODIs next week. The, um, we're staying at a villa here, and there's a, a housekeeper who comes in to potter about. Um, and she apparently said to uh, one of the other people we're staying with, she asked if the two of us are DJs, because she saw, <laughs> she saw our microphones and equipment. And she's like, oh, it's, yeah. I saw the equipment. I assumed they were DJs, and uh, oh, I think it was your girlfriend actually had to say, uh, "No, they talk about cricket on the internet." I mean, we couldn't be further from DJs, really. <laughs> I take it as a compliment, though, that she's at least put looked at the equipment, looked at us, and be like, "Oh, they're quite cool guys." Like, mm. yeah, maybe they could get away with it. This when makes, reality is, <laughs> this yeah. makes sense. Reality is, we're not even cool enough to record a cricket podcast these days. So I should cancel your Ibiza set next week. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, the live show. 
Yeshua live show. You can <laughs> you can uh, pull the pull the uh, posters down. Should we rock up to an Ibiza nightclub and just just instead of playing a DJ set, just do a live world cricket show? How do you think that would go down? Yeah, be like the world cricket show is now, just with more drugs mm. and booing. Yeah. Um, all right, let's leave it there, Tone. Um, we'll talk to you again from Barbados next week. Uh, but until then, check out our social. We're posting lots of photos and other bits and bobs from the trip. Uh, but yeah, we'll speak to you soon. Take care. Cheers, Tone. Cheers. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 